Chapter Four of Merry Clapham Junction. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ruth Golding. Merry Clapham Junction by Arnold Kennedy. Chapter Four. Half an hour for breakfast. The train now stopped of itself, but the men on the engine slept calmly on. The guard, however, awoke and seizing Tommy by the arm, exclaimed. "'Boy, where is Clapham?' "'I couldn't help it,' said Tom. "'The engine driver and the stoker were both asleep, "'and we ran right through the station.' "'The varlets!' cried the guard. "'Clapham in irons!' "'With that he drew from his pockets, "'to the boy's astonishment, a poker and shovel, "'and giving them to Tommy, "'told him to tie the men to the nearest tree.' "'What with?' asked Tommy. "'With these irons, of course,' said the guard. "'I know I can't do that,' said Tommy. "'It's impossible.' "'You can do anything if you try,' said the guard. "'And besides, I'm going to help you, and I can do anything even if I don't try.' Encouraged by this remark, but feeling still a little doubtful, Tommy helped the guard to roll the men onto the grass, and managed without waking them to tie them fast to a tree, the poker and shovel suddenly becoming as soft as ropes in his hands. He began to think he must be dreaming, but he soon changed his mind when he found, one, that his eyes were open, and two, that there was a squirrel looking down upon him from a large beech tree. If I were asleep, he said, my eyes would be shut, and a squirrel couldn't climb on anything but a real tree. The guard stood close by and looked at the sleeping men with his head a little on one side. That's most furious and fast, he said. They couldn't get loose even if they was ever so good. They couldn't get loose, said the squirrel. "'even if nuts was apples.' "'That's bad grammar,' said Tommy decidedly. "'He had wanted to correct the guard, but he didn't like to. "'Grammar,' said the squirrel. "'What's that?' "'Oh, grammar,' said Tommy. "'Why, of course, grammar's what you say. "'I mean, what you do. "'No, what you say when you... when... But at this moment the guard began to ring his bell, and Tommy was not very sorry that he couldn't finish his sentence. First bell!' shouted the guard. "'Get out of bed, you boys!' "'I am out of bed,' said Tommy indignantly. "'I've not been in bed all night.' He couldn't remember when it got light, but it was certainly now a clear sunny morning. "'So much the better!' said the guard, and he rang the bell again. This time he shouted, "'Breakfast bell! Breakfast bell!' Tommy saw now that the train was quite full of passengers, and he wondered in a confused way whether they were the passengers who had started with the train, or whether those had all been mysteriously changed into dogs before they reached the river. Whoever they were, they got very impatient at the long delay, and tried in vain to open the doors. 
Some held out their umbrellas and hit the side of the carriage, just like people do to omnibus conductors, Tommy remarked. And happily, neither the guard nor the squirrel said anything about his grammar. Others waved their pocket handkerchiefs, and all seemed to be talking at the top of their voices. But instead of unlocking the doors, the guard merely said, "'There really isn't breakfast enough for such a crowd, but I'll sing them a song to comfort them.' So the guard sang this song. Enough for one, enough for two, but not enough for all our crew, but not enough for all our crew. Then weigh your anchor, sail away, until you come to Biscay's Bay, until you come to Biscay's Bay. And when the waves roll long and high, for breakfast you will never sigh, for breakfast you will never sigh. Or if to breakfast down you sit, you will not eat one little bit, you will not eat one little bit. But when you see the coast of Spain, your appetite will come again, your appetite will come again. And when we reach the flowing Nile, perhaps we'll meet a crocodile, perhaps we'll meet a crocodile. If we a crocodile should see, I think we'd run away from he, I think we'd run away from he. Then comes Australia, I speak true, and there we'll see a kangaroo, and there we'll see a kangaroo. I'll leave you there, that is my plan, to find New Zealand if you can, to find New Zealand if you can. I suppose it'll send them to sleep, Tommy thought as the song was proceeding. People seem to be always falling asleep on this journey. And he was right, for at the end of the song all the passengers were quiet, sleeping as they had stood when awake, with umbrellas held stiff and handkerchiefs waving gently in the breeze. Tommy laughed, and the guard said triumphantly, There, your common barn door musician couldn't have managed that. People always do that when I sing. But I don't see any breakfast laid, said Tommy, speaking rather wistfully. To tell the truth, said the guard, there isn't any. But still, there would be less for us if all those people were here. That's quite plain. I don't understand that, said Tommy sadly. I dare say not, said the guard. You can't expect to understand things if you didn't arrange about it at the booking office before you started. But cheer up! If the worst comes to the worst, we— But what is become of those bold bad men whom you fastened to the tree? The guard had turned round, 
and discovered that the engine driver and stoker had disappeared. Then he added more gently, One was bold and the other was bad, and they have both faded away like summer's last rose. Tommy scarcely noticed the guard's words, for he was watching the poker and shovel walking away through a narrow path among the trees. You see, said the guard, they have tied themselves together at the top in order that they may have two legs between them. I wonder what has become of the men, thought Tommy. Why, of course, they've gone back to their post, said the guard. If we had tied them to one, they'd have been quite happy. It always took Tommy some time to understand the guard's puns, and while he was thinking about this one, he heard the engine begin to snort. In a few moments the train was making off, and as it disappeared, he saw the stoker sitting astride the engine, waving a lump of coal in the air, and he heard the passengers give one great shout of triumph. End of chapter 4